You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Banners broadcast. I'm Chris Grenham. With me, as always, Nick Gelso of CLNS. Nick, how you uh, how you feeling after that one and four road trip? I feel like I just got beat down with the two by four, Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Repeatedly. That's fair. That's fair. I, I actually feel like we're back in the off season. It's been so long since we've covered a game at the Garden, and we didn't travel this trip. Thank God. Yeah, that would have been a tough trip to travel i my my heart goes out to all the beat reporters that did because that is a really really tough trip at least they got to go to arizona some nice weather denver's a cool yeah city, utah yeah. you know you know nice sightseeing it's just the games weren't yeah, were yeah. not worth watching games were did you stay up for all of them i did of course i did of course i, I did, did it was it was wonderful and uh and it was just like going to bed angry after a well lot and of here's games. the thing chris like you're like okay it's gonna be a blowout i could go to bed and then you know, I start to close my eyes while the game's on they and I'm half asleep. In. And then all of a sudden they're crawling back in. I'm like, this is like the typical garden game where you're like, oh, it was a blowout win. Well, only they were going to lose. Yeah. It was a blowout win. We're going to get out of here early tonight, you know, and then, and then it goes to overtime. In. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm halfway done with my recap by the end of the third quarter. And you then I have to rewrite the entire thing with five minutes left. It's one of, <laughs> one of those games. But. It was tough. So it obviously it started in Indiana where they lost 101-102 and you know that was kind of a kind of a weird game. They started so Victor Oladipo obviously at the game winner. He used 24 yeah. points, 12 rebounds. Then they after Indiana Is that the game where Kyrie threw the ball? No, that was No, Utah, this was it? the next game. That was in yeah. Denver where it was the Jamal Denver. Murray Kyrie show. They kind of went head to head. And there was plenty of storylines there. Kyrie yeah. had a great game. He went for 31, but it was Jamal Murray going for 48. That was pretty impressive. Obviously, he wanted to get to 50 points, so his time was expiring and the game was already in hand. He chucked up a three, and Kyrie didn't like that, so he politely took the ball and launched it 50 rows up into the <laughs> into the in his stands. What do you think about that? I know it's been pretty overdone, but we haven't spoken yeah, since I mean, I then. Are you, do you trash Kyrie for doing that you trash Jamal no. Murray for throwing that up what, what's your deal there? I mean Jamal Murray he's, he's like a, it, it, I think that's his first ever 50 point game right I mean he's so, 21 years old yeah he's 20 years old 21 years old yeah. I mean I don't think he realized the the implication of it's kind of bad sportsmanship I guess to take that it was worse sportsmanship for Kyrie to throw the ball in the stands but it was kind of like a Rondo move I not that I like Rondo, but it was I very liked Rondo it a little bit. It was very, it was Rondo, very Rondo. Rondo would have thrown it at the referee for some reason, for no apparent reason. <laughs> but I, I liked it because it shows. I mean, I, I tweeted yesterday because it seems like 
and we'll get deeper into what the issues may be, but it seems like Marcus Smart is the only guy that's really angry right now. And it's good yeah. to see Kyrie get annoyed. Now, of course, you're going to see that practice we're recording on Tuesday. You'll be at practice soon. Yep. I think everybody's pretty pissed off. But the, the point is, it seemed at that point it was still like, oh, we're the Celtics. We'll get it together. Yeah, and it was it's... good to see Kyrie get a little angry. It was. It was. And, it, and they were taking ownership after the yeah. final loss of the road trip in mm. Portland the other night. It seemed like guys were owning up to it. But, again, that can only go so far. At some point, it's got to start changing on the court. Like you said, there's been a tough schedule here. So they played Denver in Denver. Tough place to play. And... Denver's a very good team. They then yep. went to Phoenix, which should have been a <sighs> yeah, joke, you know, a solid win. But they had I'd to rather them lose and do claw it their way back, yeah. push their way into overtime. Marcus Morris had game tying three at the end of the fourth quarter, and they and they acted up... like they just won the NBA Finals. It was yeah. the whole the whole event there. The spectacle was really annoying. It was kind of uh, it was kind of tough <laughs> to swallow because realistically, mm-hmm. should have. But it was good to see. I think a lot of people were just relieved to see that there was some fight in them. Uh, well, and what I liked was Kyrie passed up, and I, I I would assume that was a play drawn up by Stevens to yeah. draw attention at the top for yep. Kyrie. But having the, the confidence in Morris to hit that shot and then Morris having the audacity to nail it at the buzzer, it was nice to see some execution down the stretch because we've not seen execution at all. No, we really haven't. That was another perfect Brad Stevens ATO, which he's been known to do yep. um, over the course of his career. So that was pretty awesome. But then they went to Utah, they dropped one in Utah, finished off the road trip in Portland and lost 100-94 on Sunday night. So, not a great trip. A lot of people are complaining, like you said, about a lack of energy. There's yeah. Marcus Smart, a lot of Market Bill Sy on Celtics blog this morning put up a post saying that, you know, the Celtics need to start Marcus Smart. And there's a lot of feelings like that out there. I, I you know, I think there needs to be some sort of change until this team finds a flow and, and that in the starting lineup, whether that means removing Gordon Hayward until he gets right, whether it means removing someone like Jalen Brown, who's having trouble finishing at the rim and remaining. Well, but I, I think what, what, what comes out of a lot of this, Chris, is just the, 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 uh, I don't know how to put it. Uh, I guess the concerns with Tatum, he's not yeah. been himself at all. Brown's not been himself at all. Hayward, you expect not to be himself. Right. And I, I feel like even, taking ownership after the Portland game that was kind of spearheaded by Marcus Smart. I mean, you saw it, I think it was at the end of the first half of that game or par- maybe, maybe the Phoenix game where Marcus kind of was jawing at the bench. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, it's wake, you know? up. And, wake up a little bit, wake up. And so I don't know if a lineup change. I also, if I'd love to get your take, I found it interesting about Kyrie's comments on, a, on bringing on a veteran. Is he, is he referring to um, some people said, Oh, that's a, a dig. For you know, I don't, missing LeBron, I almost think it was like let's go after a guy like Al Corver. Yeah, I, I don't think you know it was a lot of people on Twitter were like, hey, that's Al Horford. What are you talking about? That it's yeah. people immediately responded like he was trashing Al Horford. I don't I think that was that. I don't think that was the case at all. Um, Me either. I forget what exactly it said, but I saw Alex Kungu had a pretty good tweet about that uh, in reference to someone saying, you know, this is ridiculous. It's not. He's not referring to Al Horford. He basically okay. I'm, here's Kungu's tweet right here. He said this man was talking about a Jared Dudley, Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson type of vet. Little guys like Gerald, or little things like Gerald Green helping Jalen Brown. He's he grounded right. when I he was getting the shortest as ever in his rookie year. Are the things we don't see that help a guy like. And he's right. I totally agree too. I agree. Uh, I and I, I mean, let's face it. Kyrie 
Kyrie benefits in every way, shape, or form from Al Horford, whether Al scoring 20 and grabbing 10 or totally, yeah. scoring 5 and grabbing 8. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's not like he's saying we need to go out and get Carmelo Anthony because that would just oh, please God, cause no, this happens me to, every to year jump into the Charles course. River. I don't think that would bode too well for anyone involved. You but... want to talk about a bad locker room, man. I mean, that would just, just be devastating. If, yeah. uh, Danny would not do it. I don't think... I don't know who's going to go grab him. I have a feeling someone will, but it's there's a small group of teams that will because teams LA. like the Celtics and the Sixers and <laughs> the Lakers. Yeah, no one's. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Don't even get me started on that. That would be ridiculous, but that would be fun for internet content. I think that sure. would be ideal. Great segments. Yeah. We'd have a Lakers segment every week. That'd be great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, he wasn't really talking about it. It's just someone who can kind of calm them down a little bit and and, like he said, focus on the fact that it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. You don't need to kind of panic right now. But what do you think is the biggest issue? I, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about shot selection. And if I see the Celtics take one more long contested two, mm, I'm going to I know that's scream, been driving you insane. And it's got to be driving line. Stevens insane. Yeah. Well, do you think that it's a simple fix, like the starting lineup adjustment? I, fix that? I think yeah. I, I think it's chemistry at this point, And I think it's lack of urgency. Yeah. I don't know that, that shuffling the starting lineup is going to really do much i think it's more of a getting a mindset that they're basically just what Kyrie said they're not as good as they thought they were right now do they have the potential yeah but a lot of teams have been put together uh with this you know with great talent that have had great potential and that have flopped i mean right. you have to really really form a great chemistry and at, at this point it feels like they're very disjointed and what was weird watching the portland game was and I maybe I was watching it wrong. I don't know. It almost felt like there was more chemistry when Rozier was on the court yeah, I, with everybody else. But then you're looking at Kyrie on the bench midway through the fourth, and you're like, damn, we need we need score. The Celtics need scoring. Like, right. you got to get Kyrie back. So there's this conundrum of who's going to come out and who's going to stay in because Kyrie and Rozier play two, two very different styles. They do. The yeah. offense plays very differently with the two of them in the game. Yeah, and there's been a lot of – you know, difficulty finding that balance, like you said. And then they get into the late games, and there seems to be a lot of ball watching and just kind of staring <sighs> at Kyrie and waiting for him to do something, which, you know, isn't necessarily a terrible thing because Kyrie can take over games. He hits a lot of, yeah, he's been but... hitting a lot of, you know, FU threes towards the end of these games, but there's a lot of ball watching and a lot of stagnant offensive possessions where there's just no movement. So it's about finding that balance and finding that rhythm that ultimately they've been looking for since opening night. Um, and yeah, that's I mean, going to come I, as, you know, Tatum matures and as Gordon gets back into his flow. There's a lot of things that kind of Well, there's a that. great recipe coming up here, too, and that's a, a you know, five to six game stretch of, you know, two good teams followed by four to five pretty bad teams. And the Celtics, I think, will find their rhythm. Nothing, nothing helps chemistry and locker room issues more than winning. And I think a few home games, uh, a few good wins – will change just about everything. Yes, um, so let's I not agree. forget, uh, you know, we were talking late summer about how difficult this this uh, start of the season schedule would be. Yeah. And I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I, even on this West Coast trip, I think I had them at two and three. Yeah, it's, it's not the craziest thing in the world. You were hyping it, you know, your opinion way before the season started, that this was going to yeah. be a tough start. It wasn't going to be easy. And with all that depth, that happens. You know, people were talking about how they're going to balance this lineup from the get-go, and and a lot of people on Twitter and stuff are reacting like that was never an idea in the offseason, but it always has been. So it's going to take some time. But it was promising to see Gordon Hayward. He played 31 minutes, which was his season high on Sunday against the Trailblazers. So that's a good thing. 
You mentioned yeah. Terry. Ro- you mentioned Terry Rozier getting into the mix. I'm a. I've always been a big Terry fan, but I'm having trouble. I, I I'm not so sure that his role off the bench right now fits his style of play. Terry's not, in my opinion, as good as a primary ball handler. He's better working off the ball, and when he's been coming in off the bench, they have him as the primary ball handler, and I think he's been trying to force some shots, and it makes him lose some of his efficiency, and I don't know. Do you, I don't know if I like him coming off the bench as the primary ball handler as much as I... I but what's the choice, Chris? Well, it's that's, a trade, and that's it. Right, so there's there's not really... like You're not going to have Marcus Smart come in and work as the primary ball handler. You'd much I don't know. Have. I mean, can you? I, I think Marcus could run the offense if he's disciplined enough. He could. I'm, I'm just saying I think Terry... I don't know. Terry needs to figure out working as the primary ball handler because I think he's much better and more comfortable as a secondary guy. And mm-hmm. I'm having trouble with him it, off the bench right now. I mean, it really shouldn't be a problem. Everybody on the Celtics, you know, can can handle the ball and initiate the offense. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, it would be and, – and they're playing a lot of Al Horford with the second unit. Yeah. You know, and Al could definitely initiate the offense. I don't know, man. My face right now looks like Brad Stevens' face the last five games. Man, I mean, Brad, face. he has looked so frustrated. Yeah, he has. That poor guy. He has. But I, he's taking ownership. He said they're not a well-coached team right now, so he's taking a lot of the heat on himself. You know, as he always does, and they're not. I mean, I think that there's some issues there that Brad has to work out. Yeah, I think he's trying to figure it out too. It is definitely a different offensive team with Gordon Hayward in in the game. Completely, and there's. That weird balance of trying to get everyone their shots while a lot of people are trying to get theirs. And you see a lot of, you know, maybe not as aggressive play and then other people who should be more aggressive. It's, again, I just keep going back to it, but it's all about finding that balance, which is really hard when you have a team this deep. But surprisingly enough, Marcus Morris seems to be the most consistent and efficient guy (laughs) on this team. It's a contract year. It's a contract year, and he's making it worth his while. I mean, like you said earlier when we were talking about Rozier, there's a lot of talent around these guys, and uh, plenty of them can benefit as working off the ball. And Marcus Morris has been great in catch-and-shoot situations, not you know much better than he has been previously in his career. I think he played 25 minutes on Sunday night. He was 5 for 11 from the field. He had 13 points. I mean, he's having a career season. He's, it's early, he's he really been awesome. Yeah, and without him... Celtics might be in an even darker situation. Well, and I mean, it's it's ironic because last year going in, and we've beaten this with a dead horse, but you know, Morris was disgruntled, out of shape, started late because of the the legal issues. Yep. You know, he didn't really start to find his groove until well after the All Star break. So seeing him come in so enthusiastic now, I'm wondering, and I don't know because we didn't travel. I'm wondering what their practice schedule has been. Yeah. Because there should be no better, with the exception of gameplay, there should be no better competition than those practices because that second unit is so strong. Right. And I'm just wondering if they're getting enough practice in because there just seems to be chemistry issues. Like, yeah. maybe it almost seems as if there's not plays being called. Yeah, it's weird. Is. Like, that's kind of what we were saying before. There's just like these stagnant offensive possessions where there's a lot of ball watching and guys just sitting above the break and no one's really moving. Chris, it reminds me of when the team was led by Isaiah. Yes. Yeah, that is. It's kind of similar to that. I Yeah, I would agree with that because there was plenty of offensive oh. possessions when that And was there the was case. also plenty of slow starts and scoring droughts. Yeah. So, and you see, okay. That Isaiah-led team, whether it's that or last year's team with all the adversity and injuries, the Celtics still hammered out to the Eastern Conference Finals. I still 
feel this is a, an NBA Finals team, Chris. I, I really do. I feel like a beat Toronto. I don't think Toronto. I, I, I think with with the addition of Butler, the Sixers are still a ways away from from being on the level of the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And I feel like come June, it's the ship's going to be right. But until then, I think it's going to be. I said it until December. It's going to be a frustrating season. Yeah, it's going to be rocky. You did, and I and I 100% agree. I'm not. I don't think it's panic time. I don't think it's no. time to be nervous. This team has so much talent. And top to bottom, as much talent, I would say, as any team in the entire league. And, again, they've got Chicago on Wednesday. Then they've got Toronto and Utah over the weekend, which are tough. But then it goes Charlotte, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, which, tough game. But then it's Cavaliers, T-Wolves, Knicks, Bulls again. I mean, It's the perfect recipe. It is a good recipe. It really is. And besides the two matchups with the Pelicans and maybe the T-Wolves, they don't really have a really tough matchup until December 21st against Milwaukee. And let's face it, I mean, if the Celtics are playing on all cylinders, the Pelicans and the T-Wolves can't play with them. Right. And I mean they and, they even I mean the Celtics even played with Milwaukee before this road trip. Like Of course. They, they and beat I the think, Bucks that Thursday before the trip, so. Right. And I honestly think that it's a gut check for the Celtics too, not just because they have been really embarrassing themselves. It's not just playing poorly. They've been embarrassing themselves. But also because you've got – you're coming up on – I mean, Wednesday's game, if that's not a no-brainer win, then I don't know why. Then yeah. I start panicking. So yeah. Wednesday's game should be a Geno time. Then Friday you got Toronto, the best team in the East right now. And I will say that loud because you know it was annoying me. The BWA prior to tip-off yeah. of the NBA season – Saying they're the best team in the East. No, Toronto is right now. You've got them Friday. Hey, I don't know if you. I, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, Tristan Thompson said the Cavaliers are until someone dethrones them. Well, so right, I think it's the Cavaliers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, but then it's the Jazz right after they got punked yep. in Utah. Uh, granted, there was no Kyrie in that game, but Gordon did not respond well to getting booed. It was just not a pretty game. And Utah fans who are usually so docile were vicious. Yeah, they vicious. Were, they were pretty tough. What he he played. Like 26 minutes. I think he had like 13 points or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah. He has not been – and again, I don't want to get into, oh, it's going to take time and all that nonsense. We know that. He yeah. has not had one game where I felt he's been Gordon Hayward. He looks like he's running with cinder blocks on his feet. Yeah. And I don't know – again, we know it's going to take time. But if we're still having this conversation by the All-Star break, Gordon may have to try to figure out how to change his game because the dude has – he's a multidimensional player. Right. You know, and and maybe there's a little bit of that this season, that athleticism that's not going to come back. Yeah. So he's going to have to work on that spot up jumper because the the, the dude can't throw it in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, he's just not missing. He's missing to the sides, long, short. He's all over the rim every single game. Yeah, and I mean, you're right about him. The good thing about his game is that he doesn't really. He's not like a slasher, like a Russell Westbrook no. type slasher. Right. He takes these wide circular angles towards the rim. So that benefits him in Very terms of getting back. But exactly. but you're right. At some point, if if it's post All Star break and he's still not fitting and kind of feeling, back you to just his have to self. adjust at that point, right? You know? and otherwise, it's, it's just going to hurt the team. It's just not gonna, right. It's, it's not hurt work. himself too. I mean, I, the, the the guy can't have great confidence right now. And yeah. I'm not saying change, your, reinvent your game, or go hire Markel Fultz, shooting coach. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, I'm man. just saying, you know, as players get older, they adjust their play. Now, Gordon is obviously not old yet, but his body is struggling still. So yeah. he may have – he's got, he has to hit those open jumpers, dude. Yeah. He has to. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing where I look at it and I say, okay, 
you know, I can understand, you know, not being the athletic drive, you know, driving to the rim athletically the way he, he had in the past. And mm-hmm. I do believe that will come back, but there are things that he should be doing right now, hitting free throws, which I think he's struggling from the line, yep. hitting open jumpers. I mean, that's just a timing thing. Yeah. Agreed. You know, and that, that, that should come back sooner than later. And if it doesn't, well, maybe they got to post them up. I don't friggin' know. I'm just saying there's, we can't keep taking the wait and see approach past this this group cluster of this stretch poor teams yeah. right if, yeah. if they come out of this stretch 500 or less it's time for a change I'm yeah not saying if, you're having, if you're having a trouble if you're having trouble with the bulls the hornets the hawks the knicks Atlanta. the Mavs, that's that's the a Lakers problem is right that's a problem chris i don't know about you but I've, I've recently joined the athletic basically because i wanted to support clevis and jared weiss and jay king our good friends the in the locker room but also because they're sponsoring uh, CLNS Network. So I, I got 40% discount. Chris, I've been uber impressed, not just with the, the site itself, but with the mobile app and with the in-depth articles. And uh, our listeners could get 40% off too. Support the show, support CLNS, Celtics blog, all, all of us, and, and go on over to theathletic.com forward slash the garden. All lowercase there you get 40 percent off it's less than geez i mean i think it's a quarter of a price quarter of the price of a beer at td garden that's insane that's insane. That's crazy. That's a, that's a you're a member right oh i'm 100 am it's actually this is not you know a lot of times with advertisements you gotta kind of work it up a little bit the athletic is a no-brainer, <laughs> no, in, a no-brainer in my opinion i've been a subscriber for a while now it's and i think about it too you know you got jared weiss former clns former Celtics blog dude yeah clevis murray former clns dude support your alumni at celtics blog and clns and and join the athletic the if you join awesome. the athletic you get all the, the regional um coverage as well so yeah, you get the athletic great. boston which is great yeah and the athletic was with john krasinski and sham sarnia were they were all over the jimmy butler saga they, like well from, I mean, and from day john one. John was uh, uh, Jeff Goodman's featured guest this week. So. He was. He was. So yeah, listen to Good and Plenty podcast. That was a great show. I listened to that this morning. It was um, awesome. So that I came listened out. to it this morning, too. It's how I got all my juice for our, <laughs> our Butler segment. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, John was on that Jimmy Butler story from the get-go. But now, you know, you just previously mentioned Markel Fultz and the 76ers. Mm. Jimmy Butler obviously heading over. To the Sixers, the trade was made official yesterday. He should make his debut tomorrow, Wednesday night. So, obviously, that makes the Eastern Conference a whole lot more interesting. Robert Covington was sent over to Minnesota in the deal. The Celtics... What a polarizing guy. People here love Covington or they hate him. They really... People really did love him a lot there. And he was a good community guy, but also he was a great 3 and D player that Mm -hmm. I feel like... People really love 3 and D guys now because if you get a good one, it's like he immediately becomes a fan favorite because he's knocking right. down threes and blocking shots, steals at the other end, whatever. But right. I think the Celtics quietly used to kind of feast on Robert Covington, particularly they Jason did. Tatum last year. And yes. so replacing him with someone like Jimmy Butler really <laughs> changes things on the defensive side of the ball. Like that is a – even though Covington is a great defender, but Butler is a major upgrade there for sure. What do you think about Butler going to the Sixers? I'm not totally convinced it's going to work offensively. I'm curious. Well, you to see hate how the that... Sixers, so you're biased. Uh, allegedly, I hate the. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Sixers and I don't always get along, but I just I'm not sure how this is going to work. Jimmy Butler is a guy who plays with the ball in his hand. Ben Simmons is a guy who thrives yep. running an offense with the ball in his hand because obviously he doesn't have a jump shot. I don't know how that's going to work with the two of them. 
of course, Joel Embiid will be fine. He'll get his on the side there. But I'm just boy, he's playing good, isn't he? Yeah, I, I just he is, and I just I'm sure Brett Brown will have a formula here, but I'm not so sure how it's going to work offensively. It's a boomer bust deal, and I think it was a great move for them because they really needed to make something like that happen. But I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know either. I mean, I think there's the technical aspects you mentioned with you know both Simmons and and Butler being a, a ball ball dominant, but the other side of it too is uh is he going to sign a long-term deal right. with that in the background then there's you know jimmy butler has not always been uh a unifier in the locker room either. <laughs> when he's not happy nobody's happy did you see last night markel fultz's pump at the free throw line he <laughs> he i'm not like you chris i don't have 15 tvs in my room with everyone <laughs> not in the NBA game. 15 tvs of league pass and the twitter feed yeah <laughs> I need to get a life, but there, uh, there, there was, he was, they played Miami last night. They got a win, but you need to look up the highlight. He was, he was, he literally pump faked while taking a free throw. It was, was one there of a late the, violation? It was one of the, it should have been, but they don't call late violations right. anymore in the NBA. It right. was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It, no joke. It was as bad as his free throw form has. I think it was Kyle Newbeck beat reporter for the Sixers tweeted out the clip and said it was as bad as we've ever seen his free throw stroke. And it was like without it, it's question. sad because when he goes to the line, I think everybody kind of covers their eyes. Even people who don't like Markel feel it's, bad for Markel. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. And, and I'm not a, and I've always had, you know, butted heads with the Sixers in more ways than one, but I really do want him to succeed. I really do because he had a great shot at Washington and he was a great scorer there and he had so much potential heading into the draft. I, I, there's nothing worse than seeing a guy that hyped, go into the draft and just fail, like an Anthony uh, Bennett. I just think thing. he just lacks mental toughness. I, yeah, it's it's pretty clear that there's a lot going on upstairs there. Uh, and, <laughs> Have and you I, ever seen any of those, like – behind the scene clips where like on media day where you, they have like cue cards where the players have to read stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it says like, insert your name. And like, it would be like, Hey, I'm Markel Fultz. And he's like, Hey, insert your name. I'm insert name here playing for insert <laughs> team here. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor See, guy. we're even ripping on him after saying we feel bad <laughs> for him. It doesn't stop. I mean, it sucks. It really sucks. But I think the biggest part of this Jimmy Butler should like, Jimmy Butler isn't a guy who beats around the bush. Like, if he sees Marco Fultz shooting free throws like that in practice, he's going to, like, annihilate him. He's going to rip him apart. Yeah. I can't imagine that Jimmy Butler is a guy who will come into a locker room and boast someone's confidence. I hope My last does. memories of Jimmy Butler were that Bulls series. Yeah, you where... always go back to that. that I know. Me. I just that like really it. His body language at the, the podium was terrible. They were terrible as soon as Rondo got injured. He kind of gave up. I, I just Jimmy Butler is a guy who's he's kind of like fallen into every single NBA stereotype over the last couple of years, and I'm not sure if he just leans into it to get his way like he did in Minnesota. Obviously, it worked, but he is not a fan favorite across the league because of his actions. And of course, like he was in the series against the Bulls, you obviously. He burned that bridge with, with Nick Gelso at that point. Like he's like he's actually like counting, like he cares. But <laughs> I mean, I, I have a hard time getting over that. I have a long memory for stuff like that, and I've not really seen him do much in the playoffs since then. So yeah, I can't really say anything. And and you know, on a Philadelphia team that the Celtics completely outplayed mentally last season, 
with no Kyrie, with no Gordon, and and I'm that's tired too because now they're back and they're struggling. But just think about that. You know, they were mentally squashed by the Celtics. Yeah. They could be mentally squashed by their own player and Jimmy Butler if he decides to have a temper tantrum. Again, it's like a it's a total boom and bust. It could yeah. really really work well, and they could cement themselves if he signs long term. Cement themselves at the top of the Eastern Conference, right up there towards the top of the Eastern Conference for the next couple of years, or. It could be a dysfunctional offense. With, Where he could leave. Right. He could leave because you never know what he's going to do. He's pretty no. unpredictable. But either way, they're going to have a really good defense. I don't think that's a question. I no. think that's, that's you know, he cements them as one of the best defenses in the Eastern Conference, he, maybe even the NBA. The other thing to think about Butler is he's not the young, he's not the youngest guy in the, in the, in the locker room there. I mean, no. he, what is he, 30, 31? Jimmy Butler is, I've got the old Google machine up right now. He's 29 years old, so he does have some time. Okay, so he's going to be 30, but, Yeah, you know. I mean, he's got more time in him, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced. What do you think this does for the Eastern Conference in terms of the hierarchy in the conference? I mean, you've got the Bucks playing some really good basketball right now. You have the reinvented Sixers with Butler included. Again. The, the Celtics loaded with talent but struggling, and obviously the Raptors just crushing it early on so what would you think this puts them up with the raptors where do you think this I, yeah i mean it's but... gonna be right where where we thought when we were doing preseason uh predictions as far as the east goes i think it's still you know and maybe not in this order but boston toronto philadelphia milwaukee i think yeah. with philly down lower I, that's because there was no butler but i always thought they were going to be a top four seed i mean the celtics we'll see how they shake out in in the, in the next in the coming months because yeah. if it were last year i would say look at they they need to they don't necessarily need that number 1 seed but mm-hmm. i don't know how that's going to feel this year especially if toronto is going to get that number 1 seed and the celtics always suck in toronto they're so good at home it so is, I, it, it is pretty wild right now that you could make a you could make a solid argument for the top 4 seeds in the east being right in line with the top 4 seeds in the west of course you have the warriors who are far and above everyone right but it's pretty impressive. The, the, it's top-heavy, but the East is very good at the top. Well, and it, it seems like it's been that way for the last 10 years. I mean, yeah. there's been a, a, a sequence there a couple – you know, in the last couple of years where the East has really fallen off, and it was LeBron and everybody else. But, you know, since since the shift in power went from the East to the West, yeah. the East has settled in as being very top-heavy, and then that bottom half are bottom feeders. But it's pretty competitive come playoff time because everybody's fighting for a playoff position. Right. Right. You know, I mean, I, I definitely it, it's some sort of combination and I'm not breaking news here or being Albert Einstein, but it is some sort of combination between Milwaukee, Philly, Toronto and Boston. I I like Milwaukee, but I think they're going to settle in. I don't I don't think that 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 this the, how dominating they're playing right now yeah. is going to continue. And I haven't seen their schedule, nor have I seen Toronto's schedule. So I don't know where what are they right now sitting 10 and 2 or they're something. 12, the Toronto's 12, 12 and 2, and two I believe. Yeah, 12 and 2. 12 and two. That's a damn good start. Yeah. You know? Um, but again, it's, it's a, it's a matter of who's played who so far and the Celtics and not making up excuses, but they have had a horrific schedule and this adversity early usually leads to good things in the long run. Yeah. Maybe like you you said it earlier, kind of like a wake up call or a shock to their system a little bit, which really wouldn't hurt right now. I think it's almost like a a gut check an ego check because they were so damn, confident coming in as they should have been but they were bordering cocky and what has shocked me chris is you know being here in boston the boston media hasn't even started on them yet 
Yeah, like, I, I think a lot of people like you were kind of prepared expected, for this. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. isn't a bad thing because rather than having everyone jump on them, they're a little more patient. Even Boston Radio has been patient. Which well, that's I what I mean. Been They've been very about. patient. Yeah, and I think that the biggest coming out as we're closing here, the biggest I guess watching points for me are uh, that that Tatum getting benched in the second half of Utah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that was concerning, and it happened. I don't it happened think. In, I think it might have happened in Phoenix too. As whatever, well. whenever it happened, um, it happened in two games. You're saying? I think so. Well, the the Micah Shrewsbury quote was in one game, but I think Smart started the second half in two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I I'm watching Jason Tatum closely. I I don't want to say the Kobe effect, but it does seem like <laughs> yeah. there has been some Kobe effect there, and so I'm watching him with a little bit of concern. Gordon, I'm still patiently waiting. Uh, he Gordon just needs one breakout thirty point game, and I think he's going to be okay. He'll get back into his rhythm. I'm not. Yeah, I think him. he needs a confidence boost. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know the 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 the, uh, the Jalen Brown situation isn't pretty either. So the youngins who were so good last season, we know they have it in them. What's going to light the spark? And you know maybe it was Kyrie's comments, maybe it was Marcus's comments. Yeah. You know Marcus is the longest tenured Celtic. Everybody forgets that. Yeah, he is. He's going to so, be he's going to be their their leader in there. Him and Al, I think, are really going to head this resurgence if it does happen. Yeah, and I don't want to hear anything negative about Al Horford yeah, ever. No, no, ever, no, it's no, off no. limits. Yeah, but I'll be <laughs> I'll be at practice this afternoon on Tuesday afternoon, so we'll have some sound from there. See what Brad Stevens has to say. See if we can. Here from many of the players, they have a two o'clock practice at the Hourback Center this afternoon, and then should be interesting. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll be at the Garden uh, for the Chicago Bulls and Boston Celtics tomorrow Wednesday, night. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So we'll keep monitoring this. Well, and, before you close yeah. up shop, let's preview this Bulls game and real quick. Blowout, not blowout. What are you thinking? Are we going to see Gino? Uh, I think. I hope we do. I think we do. <laughs> I, I think we do because I think it'll be good. They're back home. They're off the road. It's tough. That was a long road trip. They were gone for like 10 days. So I think the fact that they're able to come back home and find, I mean, the Bulls are starting, like Ryan Archie Diakonos has been starting games for them recently. There's no reason why they we shouldn't get Gino. Oh, I mean, that should happen. And the other thing to think about too, Chris, is the time difference, the time change. I think they were in two different time zones in the they course were, of a week. They were, bouncing around, yeah. Yeah, two yeah. or three different time zones. And no matter what, these people are human. It does affect them. Yeah, it does. So let's hope for Gino tomorrow night, Chicago Bulls, a little bit of a little bit of an easier matchup compared to Portland and Utah <laughs> and, and Phoenix, the, uh, the powerhouse that is oh Phoenix my God. out there. Nick, I'll talk to you later this week. Chris, I'll see you at the Garden. <laughs>